You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. So as most of you know, I was uh, at a conference this week from Wednesday through Friday. And if I were to try to summarize what went on in those three days, uh, it would be difficult to give you a detailed account. I'm happy to talk about it when we have more time together. But for now, let's just say that it was a three-day conversation with the living God. And during that time, we worshiped and we prayed and we talked with him about this awakening that the Holy Spirit is bringing to the world. And guess what? As, as you might have guessed, the church is God's instrument for that awakening. The Holy Spirit working through you as ministers of the faith will bring about, usher in this Holy Spirit movement that is about to be unmistakably upon us. If you let that sink in for a moment. But pastor, there's so much going on in the world that's not of God. Precisely. But pastor, I'm so busy in my life, I don't know if I have time to do the work of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. But pastor, but pastor, but pastor. Understand that your relationship with Jesus Christ comes with a set of responsibilities that include carrying out the great commission that he gave as he was about to ascend to the Father to move the mission of the church forward in the world so that everyone that will receive it has an opportunity to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ before he comes again. And oh, by the way, he's coming. And so what we talk about here this morning, I I hope will be for you a bit of an awakening. And I hope that it lights a fire of a sense of urgency within you wherein 
you understand and are able to rejoice in the fact that God wants to use you to bring the gospel to people that desperately need it in this world. Things are falling into place even in this community that we serve with 20,000 new homes being built in our service area with the school district looking for places to expand that may involve us in very real and tangible ways. And all of those people that are coming in, whether they know it or not, need Jesus. Who's going to tell them if we don't? So we have a mission that has been put in front of us that is developing faster than you can imagine. And the sense of urgency is there. The vines are ripe for the harvest. And we are the workers in the vineyard. Which brings me to our gospel lesson for today. You know what? Before we go there, let's talk a little bit about vineyards because I think it is helpful. I want to start in John 15, which is not our gospel account for today, but it talks about Jesus, the true vine. Listen to what John writes. He says, I am the true vine. Jesus said, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It's the gospel according to John. This passage from John is about relationships. God, the Father, is the vine grower. Jesus is the vine. And you and I are the branches. First, a disclaimer. 
You know, we have to have the fine print. Clearly, God does not need us for anything. That makes the relationship all the more special. See, he existed in eternity past without you and me, without humanity. And he can exist forever into the future without need of help from any of us. And yet, that being said, he wants us to be a part of this relationship. He invites us into this relationship where we, through Jesus Christ, are the bearers of fruit. We are instrumental and integral to that relationship. You see, by God's design, it is the branches that produce the fruit. We, the branches, are the ones sent into the world to make disciples fruit. Disciples who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly. God uses the branches to accomplish that. Now, there's a troubling verse within this, and we have to really dig into it to understand it properly, because in verse 2, it says, He, God the Father, removes every branch in me. Wait a minute, every branch in me? That means believers. God the Father removes believers that bear no fruit. Doesn't that get your heart moving just a little bit? Clearly, it says those in Jesus, which is believers. And so that should cause your mind to ask questions. Is, is that really what God said? God removes believers who don't bear fruit? Is this saying that as a believer, if I don't bear fruit, then I can be removed from Christ? That I can be chopped off? That I can be thrown into the fire with those who don't abide in Christ at all? Just like it says in verse 6, whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Is that saying, is that verse really saying that I can lose my salvation for not producing fruit. And if that's true, what does that mean concerning faith being about faith and not works? See, if that's true, that's troubling. So much so that it should cause us, when we hear that, when we read it, to look deeper into the meaning of the Scripture. We don't want to misunderstand that. And so if we go back to the original Greek, we see that the word that's used, translated as remove, is the Greek word aero. Everybody say that. Aero. Now, if you look up that word in your Greek dictionary, it does in fact mean remove, but there are other meanings. And so context is important. It also means to raise up, to lift up, to carry, to bear up. 
So if I apply that meaning, it changes it somewhat. And so there's even more research required. If, if I look into ancient vineyards where they grew the grapes, I would discover that they, don't, they didn't grow grapes in ancient times the way they do in more modern times up on, on trellises, a rail system where the vines grow up off of the ground. No, the ancient vineyards, the vines just grew along the ground like they would do naturally. And if the grapes and the branches sat in water for a time, they would develop a fungus and rot. And so that would prevent the grapes from producing. And so the vine grower would go along the vineyard regularly and in these trouble spots where the vines or the grapes were sitting in water, he would place a large rock under the vine and it would hold it up. It would bear it up. It would carry the weight of the vine so that it could thrive and produce fruit. Now, that's a much better image when I read that scripture, because what it's not saying is it's not saying that if if I'm not a good fruit producer, God's going to cut me off of the vine and throw me in the fire. What it is saying. Is that God isn't going to pour wrath out on the believer who is struggling to bear fruit chopping us off the vine, but rather he's going to lift us up in Christ so that we can thrive. So now I'm better able to understand the passage and reconcile it with that process of justification by faith, salvation, and sanctification through the Holy Spirit. We know that's what and how God does. Saved by grace, sanctified by grace. We know that's how God operates. And so doesn't it make more sense? God doesn't want to chop off believers that are struggling. No, God wants to lift them up, bear them up. And then there's one more troubling verse in that passage of scripture. Uh, verse 11, it says, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It's, it's troubling in the context because Jesus is saying these words to the disciples as he is about to be, and he knows it. He is about to be arrested, tried, convicted, scourged, humiliated, and hung from a cross. And you might be thinking that doesn't sound like joy to look forward to at all, does it? But then we have to remember who it is that's speaking. See, Jesus is not focused on those things of the world that he's going to go through on our behalf. No, he's focused instead on the joy that comes after. He's focusing on the resurrection the, the relationship that you and I have with the vine grower, the true vine as branches enables us not only to bear fruit, but to have a share in the resurrection of Christ. Because we are of the same substance 
when we abide in him. What do I mean by that? Well, if you look at an actual grapevine, it's difficult to determine just exactly where the vine ends and the branch begins, isn't it? At what point does the vine become the branch and the branch become the vine? You see, we are of the same substance as the vine. We're not the same, but we're not separate either. We're, we're not one, but we're, we're not two either. It's, it's like waves in the ocean. Where does the ocean stop and the wave begin? Where does the wave stop and the ocean begin? It's not one, but it's not two. Or it's, it's like the dancer and the dance. They're, they're not one, but they're not two. Where does the dancer stop and the dance begin? Or the dance stop and the dancer begin? Not one, but not two either. It's, it's a mystery this joy that we share in Christ. And so all of this talk about vines and vineyards and branches leads me to the gospel lesson for today. You have a a version of it in the bulletin. It's Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. Listen to what Matthew writes. Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. And so they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Now, there are many things that we might glean from this passage of Scripture, but I think I want to emphasize here today this 
one point in particular. See, as, as branches of the true vine, Jesus Christ, the fruit that we bear is directly related to the souls that we reach for Christ, the disciples we bring into the fold, the workers we welcome into the harvest field, those of us who have been laborers in the vineyard for all this time, if we're not careful, we could have a tendency to look on those who come into the field later rather than sooner as not as worthy, as not as spiritual, as not as faithful, as not as holy. But this passage tells us that we need to adjust our thinking. See, your time in service to the Lord does not make you better than a newcomer to the faith. No, but it does make you more responsible for nourishing the newcomers leading the newcomers, loving the newcomers, just as Christ loved the newcomers, the same way that he loved you when your faith was new. Some of you veterans in the faith, do you remember when your faith was new? Did you have someone come alongside you? a church family maybe, and welcome you and love on you and nurture you and help you to grow in your faith. If you're a veteran in the faith, now it's your turn to do that for the newcomers. Because the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So the kingdom of heaven is like that. So as it is in heaven, let it be here on earth. Why does this matter, do you suppose? It's because there's a shift happening in the world. God's about to do a new thing, as Scripture says. Do you not perceive it? There's a shift happening in the world, and there's a shift happening in the church. The establishment of the world is colliding with the establishing of the kingdom. Let me say that again. If you've got a journal, write this one down. The establishment of the world is colliding with the establishing of the kingdom. A movement of the Holy Spirit is ushering in a new season of spring rain and new wine. And in this new season, there will be newcomers to the vineyard. I, I can't emphasize enough good people of God. That's you. We are moving from just barely getting by to where are we going to put everyone? We're moving from barely getting by to where is everyone going to sit? Oh, you think I'm kidding? I, I see some skeptical looks out there. What are you talking about, Pastor? There's so many empty seats here. We could, we could 
have everybody go out, clone themselves, and come back in, we'd still have empty seats. Oh, but it's not by our power. See, it's, it's, it's God's power. We're moving from just surviving the winter wilderness of scarcity into stewarding the kingdom springtime of abundance. It's coming. Thousands of homes are being built in this community. Two new elementary schools are being built to replace the old ones. A new junior high school is coming. High school expansion is happening and a second campus is on the near horizon. Land is being negotiated for expansion and all of the newcomers into our community are going to need a church home even if they don't know it yet. That's real life. That's not something the pastor just made up. This is happening. And so we have to get ready. The kingdom is nigh. And if you want the kingdom, it starts with complete, undivided devotion to the king. Write that one down. If you want the kingdom, it starts with complete, undivided devotion to the king. Give yourselves over to laboring in the vineyard. The vineyard that belongs to God the Father. Do it for the master of the vine, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Messiah. Because he's coming. And may he ever reign. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.